0: Hey everybody, good evening and welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are the podcast about crappy books and stuff. Tonight we are reading the final third of New Moon, and it's been as, I'd say, on par with the other two thirds. it <laughs> be a little worse. Before we talk about it at all, though, let me introduce you to tonight's panel, an e- excellent panel tonight. First of all, his blood smells so good that Italians have a very special word for him. Idiota. Everybody, it's Chris.
1: <laughs> I'm probably a waste of talent.
0: <laughs> probably?
1: Yeah, okay. I'll
0: <laughs> also joining us tonight, since his whole body is like a rock, he's hard even when he's flaccid. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Ezra.
2: <laughs> I have priapism of the self.
0: <laughs> <laughs> also joining us tonight, we have a very special guest. Her vision of the future is as flawed as her hair is flawless. Welcome to the program, Sarah. Sarah
3: my hair is flawless you just can't see it
0: right now oh we know <laughs> but we could imagine and we do imagine also lastly on the panel it is me uh if if you won't love me i might just get you grounded ladies and gentlemen my name is alex
1: <laughs>
0: thanks everybody for having me i'm not so much a part of this third just no. disappeared.
1: Yeah. That was a little shocking, you know? A lot of this book built up built up Jacob and then for the climax he had nothing to do with anything.
0: That is true and I am surprised that you're surprised.
3: <laughs> There's one thing that holds true in the Twilight series, it's that the rules of fiction are made to be broken. <laughs> Thinking all the things that I've done wrong all the time.
1: Yeah. I was forget
0: well, uh before we start trashing it it's it's usually good form to phrase everything in the form of a compliment sandwich, so we'll start with a compliment end with a compliment and put the good stuff in the middle. Chris, I think it is your turn to start us off tonight. So what one thing do you have that is nice to say about new moon?
1: okay. So I have one good thing just to say right off the bat. I've been on Team Edward for a little bit now, you know, if I had to choose.
0: Uh Oh, it sounds like a swing vote speech.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's just say I got a gridiron on my ass from sitting on the fence too long. But (laughs) I think that, you know, here at the end of the book, Edward, his true feelings for Bella come out. And it's not just that he wants to take her away from everything so she can live just with him, but he wants her... Like so many Phil Donahue audience members, to get an education and a job <laughs> before she gets to be a vampire. And you know, if only everyone had those rules. Um, <laughs> so I, my hat's off to, to Stephanie Meyer for at least making Edward smart enough to realize that you need a high school equivalency degree to suffer pain. That is
0: an excellent point. And uh, none too longly spoken. Sorry. Um, he also said around that point that he was willing to let her age to the point like he would still love her when she was like 90 which gave me the opportunity to imagine 19 year old Edward sort of kissing but not quite with a 90 year old Bella yeah (laughs) lucky me Uh, uh,
1: that's not cool
0: Ezra what do you have for us tonight
2: I liked that this book was broken up into chapters titled in a way that there was no doubt of what was going to happen next (laughs) 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 chapter chapter 10 rising action yeah and and it flowed really nicely with what came before like for example um chapter 23 the last line is my mortality i'm putting it to a vote chapter 24 vote
0: (laughs) (laughs) so my compliment is the volturi and that is that it's the most interesting word that she's spoken in the whole series so far.
1: It's only interesting because you don't speak Italian. Agreed. I mean, if you spoke Italian, it'd be like saying New Yorker. Mm. And that being like the most interesting word ever.
0: Is that really what it means? It's a,
1: it means, it's a plural of citizens of Volterra.
0: Huh. Yeah, perfect. I'm comfortable mm-hmm. with that. Maybe in Italian, like maybe if it was just this awful audiobook reader reading the whole thing in Italian, to me, I would have liked it more. Yeah.
3: It it would sound beautiful. Wouldn't it? <laughs>
0: it would, and it would be no less enthralling.
1: It would <laughs> rhyme a lot more, too. That's the best part. <laughs> it would all sound like verse, and I'd love it.
0: <laughs> that would be enough. I agree. Sarah, what what would you like to compliment first?
3: Well, I would like to say this book goes a long ways towards deepening Bella as our heroine. It's nice to see at the end of this that she can only get maimed and broken by certain vampires, not all of them. (laughs) Maybe hinting at some development of a backbone. So.
1: Yeah. encouraging
3: science for <laughs> I, one.
1: through no agency of her own however no know,
3: that's true but at least she can accidentally defend herself every
1: <laughs> so in terms of developing her character
0: we've waited until the end of the second book mm-hmm. to through no agency of her own hint that there's a possibility of her having character later
3: And you know what? For Bella, that's a a huge step (laughs) forward.
0: You know what it is? She develops character and story at the speed that vampires would be interested in.
3: (laughs) She's writing for a strictly vampire audience.
0: All right. Well, uh, with, with the compliments out of the way, I think we should hear more of what happened in this section before we move on. So now, Chris, normally you would do the summary for us, but right. if what you said in your email was true, you took a series of flights from Washington State through New York and all the way to Florence, Italy, and back. And oh. I, I know I shouldn't be surprised, but somewhere along the way, your bags got lost with all your summaries in them?
1: Yeah. No, that's true. I've been keeping very diligent files. And unfortunately, you know, with the with the new weight limits and also, uh, you know, I can't always always fly southwest especially internationally you know you gotta pay for each <laughs> yeah. bag and i i did but I, I don't think i i smiled when i did it or whatever and they must have flagged it and yeah. that shit got lost <laughs> uh, so not only am i completely jet lagged but i have no notes
0: your summaries are in phoenix somewhere
1: you know if they were in phoenix at least i could get them you know? but <laughs> I, I have no idea what it is. Uh, It's very frustrating, and I encourage you all to write a letter to your congressman about how airlines are preventing this podcast from being truly excellent.
2: (laughs) That does give me a great idea, though. What if Alice had checked Bella as
1: baggage? (laughs) (laughs) What if she had just been brutally honest?
0: I mean, it would have worked for everybody, because then Edward would have actually killed himself. So he would have been like, wow, we ridded ourselves of that whole couple.
1: Yeah.
3: (laughs) The Cullens can breathe a huge sigh of relief.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, so because of Chris's terrible airline luck, we've had to go to you, our loyal fans, to come up with the summaries for us. If you want to get involved in this next week, you can give us a call at 509-588-1280 or send us an email, podcast at readweep.com, and let us know what you think of or summarize the new New Moon movie. We wouldn't recommend that you see it, but if you're going to see it anyway, you might as well call us and tell us about it. We do have one summary this week from uh, somebody called Teagues LOL, who wrote this. The third and final part of this horrible, horrible book, all in caps, starts <laughs> off with Bella and Lesbian Alice arriving in Italy and stealing a car. The two speed through the street, getting many bonus points as they barrel through the city. Lesbian <laughs> Alice gives someone tight pants,
4: <laughs>
0: and then Bella runs through a water fountain, scaring some kids so much that years of therapy are needed. Really quick, as do you remember Lesbian Alice giving anybody tight pants?
2: I think she means a pants erection.
0: Oh, my bad. Edward strips and then decides to step out into the sunlight because, you know, sparkling equals vampire in Italy. Bella attempts to football tackle him, but because she sucks, it doesn't work. They quote Shakespeare and quickly get back into an awkward Mormon sexual tension they shared before Eddie peaced out. And then they go visit the Volturi, who are awesome, and there is some i am to kill you exchanges. Then they leave. During the plane ride home, Bella thinks Edward's going to leave her, despite the fact that he just tried to kill himself because she thought she was dead. There is some angst and more Mormon sexual tension, and then they get back to Forks, and then the other vampires all come back. The book ends with Jacob realizing that he needed a mustache to be worth reading about. So he takes the gun and commits double murder suicide, effectively eliminating Edward and Bella and getting away from all of his fangirls. Or at least that's how I remember it. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, that is how that is done.
1: Yes. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, I really <laughs> like having these summary interns. They're great. Summer e interns.
0: hey So, who has a place they would like to start breaking this story down now into more manageable bites?
3: So so you guys have uh, definitely already covered the huge in-depth discussion on Romeo and Juliet. Well, I wouldn't call it (laughs) (laughs) in-depth.
0: Repetitive, though. Maybe is that what you're looking for? (laughs)
3: Yes.
0: (laughs) I didn't catch until this third section that, aside from talking about Romeo and Juliet every five minutes, she meant for this to be somewhat parallel to the story.
3: Oh, yeah. She based each of these books off of a pre-existing classic that she seems determined to destroy.
1: Really? What was the first one?
3: Pride and Prejudice.
1: You're joking. Really? I'm not
3: making this up. This is in, in Stephanie Meyer's mind. The first book is parallel to Pride So and somebody
0: read Pride and Prejudice and thought, how can I make this even less interesting to Alex? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Wow. So what other strong classical themes do we have to look forward to in this series?
3: Well, there's, of course, a continuing uh, emphasis on this star-crossed love deal next up you're gonna have all the comparisons to heathcliff and kathy from wuthering heights which i think is pretty apt in that everyone is totally selfish
2: (laughs) we we also enjoyed adam and eve with the twilight cover since it's a nice big juicy apple of sin
3: yeah
0: yeah she's really subtle in her metaphors whenever possible Yeah. (laughs)
3: yeah hmm Light touches. <laughs>
0: so, t- does the story really, I mean, like, how detailed does it actually follow the, uh, the Pride and Prejudice story in the first
3: book? Not at all.
0: <laughs> oh, good.
3: Stephanie Meyer was a, an English major, I believe, but I, I have to question her curriculum because... These are, like, very poor surface readings. (laughs) They don't like each other at first, which means Pride and Prejudice.
0: (laughs) So, uh, aside from the Romeo and Juliet stuff, we do, as we mentioned in the opening, completely lose Jacob. Yeah. So the whole, like, developing Team Edward, Team Jacob thing... Apparently, it doesn't count once you're out of the city.
1: Yeah. No, I was disappointed because Jacob was probably the second to fourth most fascinating character in the book so far. I mean, well, you got Charlie and Alice's hair. Yeah. Yeah, probably third.
0: Oh, no, no, no. What about the girl whose face got bit off?
1: Two-Face Emily? Yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah, so fourth for
3: Jacob. Oh, <laughs> Two-Face Emily. Yeah, and that's where you get the whole thing. What do they call it when they, like, find their soulmates?
1: Abusive relationships? <laughs> <laughs> We're meant to be, baby. Shh, baby, shh, baby, please. No, 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 It's meant to be. It's meant to be. I just get angry sometimes. I only yeah, maul you because I love you.
3: you. <laughs> Nobody casually dates in the Twilight world.
1: No.
2: <laughs> That's true.
3: Everyone, no, everyone so- settles down and gets married.
2: I think this is, this is very clear. This is written in a, in a pre-single ladies
1: uh, world, actually. <laughs> 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 By the way, guys... I don't care. That video was one of the best (laughs) videos ever made. (laughs)
4: Yeah,
1: so they're saving Edward from the Volturi. Right. Who, like any climax for Stephanie Meyer... The bad guy only hints at being bad. We don't get any see any of the cool stuff. We get to see one cool thing, right? We get to see uh, Jane like throw somebody with her mind, but
0: <laughs> she just thought about it, and Edward was sad. That's all. It was the it was like the most unimpressive power ever. She could just oh now Edward doesn't want to fight anymore.
2: Yeah, There might have been some pain there, but again, making a moody vampire feel pain is is not any great feat. (laughs) A moody, suicidal vampire. (laughs) I mean, really, raise the bar.
3: Like, oh, more of the same today. (laughs) Yeah. But the one interesting thing I will say, to give another compliment to Stephanie Meyer, is like, I think that she is honestly trying to expand the scope of her, her vampire mythos with adding these characters. They are, they're all pretty boring still they're like a bunch of old guys who like whisper to each other but
0: when they first get into the like the main Volturi lair and they like get taken to this woman and I was like oh sweet this is gonna be a female power structure of the evil vampires yeah and then she's a secretary who takes them to this laughing old guy who's in charge of everything <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. oh yeah. Stephanie Meyer <laughs> well played gender politics.
2: Well played. The thing that I like so much about when Bella meets all these guys is everyone's just blown away that their powers aren't don't affect Bella whatsoever, right? And they're just like, Oh my god, this is so incredible But you know what? Your powers wouldn't affect a pumpkin either. And this is roughly the same <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> Hey guys, do you think body glitter is just a thing just cooked up by vampires who want to be out in the sun more? (laughs) That's
1: why body glitter is popular? (laughs) Oh man, you could play some really great tricks on uh, Twilight fans with some body glitter, right? (laughs) When we're at the
0: New Moon premiere next week, you can paint yourself in body glitter, take off your shirt, and all the Twilight girls will for a moment think that they died and are in heaven. Speak about
2: dying and going to heaven. (laughs) (laughs) I I might be shifting my allegiance a little bit to Team Edward. (laughs) Because I now realize that Edward and Bella are perfect for each other. Because neither of them can accept what is reality as reality. Yeah. When Edward first sees Bella in Italy, he's like, "Oh, I'm dead." And Bella's like, no, 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 you're not dead. You know, real trouble here. You got to, you know, get out of the sun. He's like, oh, no, I'm dead. This is heaven. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And then again, when when Edward sees Bella, you know, back in Forks, she's like, oh, man, I'm dreaming. Oh, this is a a, a dream. And they're like, no, no, you're not dreaming. This is really happening. Oh, you dreamy, dreamy dream, Edward.
3: (laughs) His idea of heaven is being in exactly the same place with his really dull girlfriend. There. He needs to have some greater expectations.
0: Well, as soon as that happened, as I wrote that down as, oh, maybe Edward is as dumb as Bella is. Or, They're retarded for each other.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, maybe this could work. <laughs>
3: It's so terrible that, like, this character was created who has absolutely zero (laughs) self-esteem. For some reason, she's always like, oh, I'm hideous. No one really likes me. And literally every single person she comes into contact with, like, perversely fascinated with her or totally in love with her.
0: (laughs) Well, on that note, we did find when she was in Italy that the vampires have a word. I don't remember what it is now. It was like something about singing for a human whose blood is more appetizing for a specific vampire.
3: Well, you know what it is, is that after 200 years, Edward has finally found his perfect ham sandwich.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It is. He does sort of love her the way I love a perfect sandwich. <laughs> it smells so good, and I really want to eat it, but I want it to be there later
2: too. My god, I can't read this ham sandwich's mind. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, I was a really big fan of, of the Bella running scene because, basically, the way they set it up is Bella saving Edward is entirely dependent on whether or not she can, like, run for a minute without falling. <laughs> I was just like, surely, surely he'll die now.
0: <laughs> I mean, th- that reminds me, so the whole conceit of that scene is Edward is going to kill himself by pissing off these vampires... By taking off his shirt in public in their city,
3: (laughs) I really like the idea that it's just because he's shirtless in public. (laughs) His body is so offensive.
2: (laughs) Vampire nipples are way more intense than human nipples.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But even so, like that's that's his suicide is like pissing off these people who have very strict no shirt, no shoes policy. People, and then (laughs) and her suicide was a misunderstanding of a recreational sport, and that's supposed to be our parallel to Romeo and Juliet. Yep. The drama to Romeo and Juliet was that these people were taking their own fucking lives, and in this book, both of them are just kind of not.
3: <laughs> it's, it's like the most passive suicide.
2: <laughs> I got a question, guys. Yeah. If you could recast Bella as anyone, all right, anyone at all, from history or for anything you can think of since the next one will be about the movie, what would really sell you on wanting to See, New Moon, the movie? Who who should be playing Bella?
3: Edward James Olmos.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We love Edward. So say we all.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So say we all.
1: And then Edward could admire the starlight glinting off his pockmarks. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Yeah. I just really like the idea of of Edward James almost delivering these lines.
2: (laughs) Do you know what I am? Say it! Say it!
4: (laughs) Vampire.
3: Vampire.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my first instinct was Genghis Khan. (laughs) I would really like to see Edward and Jacob try their hand at taming the heart of a warrior, a true warrior. In fact, the world's most successful progenitor. I really want to see it. I want to see them try to tame that into monogamy.
2: <laughs> hey, it'll be so funny, right? Because Genghis Khan will eat people, but Edward
1: won't. Oh, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> oh, man. And there'd be this great mustache off with Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> I would totally see that. I think for me,
0: my Bella is going to have to be played by Binks, the South American Capuchin monkey uh, from Outbreak.
1: <laughs> just just screaming
0: <laughs> Not just any monkey A monkey infected with a killer virus yeah.
2: <laughs> Mine actually is a steak But attached to a slinky Falling down the stairs
0: <laughs> The steak smells very good
2: Yeah <laughs> Perfume steak
0: hmm, This is really appetizing I'm going to chase it as it falls down some stairs
2: <laughs> Oh, Belle, you're so clumsy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, Belle, although she does not have a lot of character, she does have, like, a lot of tenacity for trying to get Edward to bed with her, or at least to love her forever and marry her, whatever. If she put that, like, level of tenacity into... Anything else in her life, she would be a really interesting person,
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: she was almost successful at killing herself in a lot of really difficult ways, so if she put that kind of tenacity into getting anyone besides Edward to go to bed with her, she'd still be kind of interesting <laughs>
0: you know? she'd be interesting with a long long record of sexual conquests yeah,
1: that's right she'd be the genghis Khan. Of <laughs> <Washington>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> In this next scene, Alex, Chris, and Ezra play the roles of the three-member Heaven entrance panel while Sarah takes on the role of Stephanie Meyer, who has recently died, and begin. I guess I'll go first. So, Stephanie, in your books, you have sort of a mixed portrayal of the afterlife. Some of your characters don't actually believe in Heaven,
4: Mm
0: -hmm. uh, at least not for vampires. Now that you're here, obviously you know better. So please defend your encouraging discussion on the anti-heaven viewpoint.
3: I think it's really important to have characters who have differing viewpoints from yourself. I am Mormon, but I didn't want this to be a Mormon book. I wanted it to be a book for everyone. And I think the discussion of immortality isn't complete without that discussion of the soul. So it's only natural that... An incredibly sensitive, introspective type like Edward Cullen would wonder about that sort of thing. After all, he did grow up in the early 20th century, and times were different.
0: So, so you didn't actually want to provide equal viewpoints. You just wanted to have your viewpoint and then a nonsensical, ridiculous viewpoint to fight against it.
2: Yes. Uh, Stephanie, if, if I might ask you a question. <laughs> so you said this book is for everyone. Mm-hmm. Why would you be such a cock tease? <laughs>
3: You mean with the lack of sex?
2: Yeah, you just blew balls there. What's up with that?
3: Well, this book is for everyone, and everyone includes a, an audience that I think is too young for graphic sex scenes in their novels.
1: But also, everyone includes pedophiles, and we just let a few of those in, so yeah. uh, well, what's up with that? <laughs> uh, really quickly,
0: uh, pause for just one second, Stephanie. Quick mm-hmm. Heaven Tribunal meeting. Yeah,
1: what's
2: up?
0: Hey guys, uh, uh, when did we let a pedophile, or several pedophiles in?
2: I've been, uh, there's like a, a a squeaky gate actually in the, the back. I've just been letting them go in there. Is that is that wrong? So you know that
0: there's a gate and you're still letting them in.
2: It's not my job to fix the
1: gate in heaven. What the fuck? We have subcommittees, clearly, right?
0: Yeah, right? Quick tribunal minus Ezra meeting. Hey, Chris. Yeah, what's up? Together we have cloture. We can fire Ezra.
1: Oh, let's not do that. He'd be bummed, and you can't—you aren't allowed to be bummed in heaven.
0: Okay, but someone's got to fix the gate.
1: Somebody's got to. Let's just decide that Ezra will have to fix the gate.
0: Ezra, we've decided you have to fix the gate.
3: What?
1: (laughs) Ah, Closer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get Stephanie back here. Okay, Stephanie, sorry about that. Just a, you know, bureaucracy.
3: No problem. Bureaucracy is the true villain.
0: So, Stephanie, it turns out that uh here in Heaven, although you wouldn't notice it from the entrance tribunal, we do think that women are equal and mm-hmm. basically count as people. So how would you defend your lack of female role models in the in the book in fact the lack of any females really at all besides bella and alice's hair
3: (laughs) well i do think that bella is a very strong female character and you'll see that especially in the last two books how she really comes into her own i'm just gonna
1: cut you off here
2: Uh, this is a, a writing question from someone from hell. I <laughs> <laughs> got an email from hell. There's another writer, uh, Ayn Rand. Uh, she's wondering... <laughs> uh, let's see if I can get this right.
0: I remember when we didn't let her in. Yeah. That was one of my best days.
2: Uh, <laughs> well, it, actually, it's not really it's not really a question so much as a comment. It's just, Twilight is the worst fucking book I've ever read.
0: And that's coming from Ayn Rand.
2: Yeah. So, so can, you, can you respond? She thinks that Atlas Shrugged
1: is better... Than your book, not even on a per-page basis. No.
3: <laughs> well, I have to say that Atlas Shrugged did not keep you reading to find out if they would have sex or not.
2: I'm not really sure anyone gets a knockout punch here. You really have to get to book four to get there. Very but true. it's so
3: worth the wait.
2: Is it really? Is it really
1: bruises?
3: <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. Sorry, I read ahead. <laughs> Sorry. Oh,
1: that's
2: okay, we're in, we're in heaven.
1: We previously judged Nicholas Sparks and The Notebook had better sex.
2: The Notebook, geriatric dying sex. We still sent him to hell though. Yeah, well, uh, try not to with all those kids he molested. <laughs> anyway, sorry, uh, Stephanie. What do you think you can bring to heaven?
3: I think I can bring to heaven my incredible knowledge of the literary world.
2: Oh, really? Name five books you've read, not counting any books that you wrote.
3: Wuthering Heights, Pride and Prejudice, mm-hmm. Romeo and Juliet, The Notebook. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's just a book you've heard of (laughs) (laughs) fair enough we'll
0: we'll let you continue
2: yeah four four is pretty all right
0: so stephanie obviously you did the world a great service by not having a fifth book in the series Uh,
3: there almost was one
0: yeah that was a close one well yeah why don't you talk to us more about that process the decision
3: the decision to not write the fifth book
0: yes To stop uh while you are way 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 behind
3: well uh as you might have heard, the first draft of this book got leaked onto the internet and it was devastating. And people, people saw my unedited manuscript and it was just not up to my usual standards. What? And I was, Sorry, I was what, so embarrassed. What are your
2: standards exactly? What, what standards are these that you are mentioning?
3: Well, the standards that any writer holds himself to. You know, you want to put out a quality piece of work and it just was not, there was no comparison between that and the other books.
0: Stephanie, we are the heaven decision panel. We can tell when you're lying. Are you going to tell me that the first two books of the Twilight series were edited? Yes. You mean an editor, like a professional reader of
2: works. Not not it's- just your cat. And and spell checking does not count as editing. I'm just going to put no, that out
0: there no, right no. now. No, nor does it count if you just, like, put the book on your husband's nightstand and he
2: tells you he read it. Not the same thing. No.
3: Oh, then it was not edited, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's... That's much better. Well, I mean,
2: uh, she's honest. I don't know. I have, do we reward honesty still? I mean, I'm, Even I'm, if it's coerced honesty? I'm inclined to let her in, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I mean,
1: I, I don't know about that. I, I think I, I've heard that the big man's pretty heavily on Team Jacob and uh, <laughs> well, you just can't forgive her.
0: Here's my problem. I, I usually vote yes on most people, but, you know, we just don't, I mean, what if people were here, like other people, like, heard about this? They, we wouldn't want them to think that anybody can get in. I mean, we've we got to set a precedent here.
2: Well, we've we got to have some solution, right? I mean, I I don't think it's fair to put her in hell because she did not write a fifth book. That's yeah. a good
0: point. That's a good point. That's true. Well, you know how some people believe that heaven is whatever you imagine it to be? Yeah, They're wrong, but it turns out Purgatory is just like that. So why don't we imagine her really perfect Purgatory to be with?
2: All right. How about she just ends up with Mike? (laughs)
0: She has to date Mike Newton.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Just sold. Team Mike. Great.
1: Team Mike Newton. All right. Done.
2: (laughs) We are
0: out. Of bad things to say so it's time for our other half of our compliment sandwich Sarah what is your last nice thing that you will ever have to say about New Moon the book?
3: Reconfirms my belief that I'm a dog person <laughs>
0: <laughs> at, I, I did notice she referred to Edward's movements as being cat-like at one point and I was like oh that's what this comes down to cat people dog people <laughs> My compliment is that when we found out that Edward was attracted to Bella, because she had this, like, we're talking more about the scent thing. We mentioned this earlier, the ham sandwich, and it reminded me, I was trying to think of what, like, the most appetizing smell that I think I shouldn't eat is, and it's either bacon or donuts. And then I thought, mmm, donuts. Good work, Stephanie Meyer.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Is. really the only thing that i wanted to have happen in these books more than than bella have sex is for bella to die at some point point. and the prospects at the end of this book are pretty good on the whole there's a lot of ways she can die in the future so like the volturi can uh, can kill her for not turning into vampire one of the cullens can turn into vampire but suck too much blood and so she dies that way she still has all of her own like you know clumsiness to, to kill herself some way there could be a turf war with the werewolves and so really bella's death is something i would also buy stock in
0: <laughs>
2: I'm cautiously optimistic.
0: <laughs> I'd like to sell you a hedge fund on Bella dies in the next couple of books.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I'm not
0: convinced, Chris? What's your? This remember, this is the last time you ever have to compliment New Moon because we're gonna watch the movie, but then we can compliment like who looked good in the movie, and then it has nothing to do with Stephanie Meyer. So, last nice thing you have to say about Stephanie Meyer for at least six months.
1: I had something, and it slowly it, it like went away, and I'm trying to I'm trying to grab it. If you just give me, I'm just like one one second here Do, do 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 do
4: do 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 do
0: do 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 boom boom it's really hard to do that with the delay
1: yeah, I was trying to time it. <laughs> like, you guys did a pretty good job.
0: Well, it, it was it was different in my ears than it was coming out for me, yeah. so I was trying to get it timed for you.
3: <sighs>
1: That's what she said.
3: Yeah, it was, I was. wasn't gonna say. That. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
1: I've, I've been delaying this long enough. It's gone forever, my compliment. So I'll just give a new one. I thought that Stephanie Meyer was kind of fashion forward in Italy for like one second. Okay. And here's the second. When you first see Jane, the little vampire who can make Edward feel really bad, you can't quite tell if she's a boy or a girl. She's described as androgynous and mysterious. And that was very, you know, like two seasons ago, spring fashion.
0: <laughs> well i think i think that's lovely thanks chris you're welcome thanks everybody for listening to our show this has been episode xx of the read and Weave podcast we've gotten through 20 weeks and Make sure you join us next week to talk, where we talk about the new movie. It'll have been in theaters for only a few days when we when we talk about it. That, bleeding edge. That's how cool we are. As I said before, we definitely want to hear from you. If you want to summarize, send us an email, podcast at ruby.com. Call us. Our phone number is five zero nine five eight eight one two eight zero and leave us a message, and we'll get your voice or email on the air. Uh, otherwise same stuff that always applies definitely check out our facebook page we're trying to get to 10 million fans otherwise chris is literally going to kill himself so um but there's no time frame on it so but do rush so
1: (laughs) please do i mean that way i know one way or the other
0: thank you very much for joining me chris and ez as usual
1: oh always a pleasure alex
0: oh yeah and a very special guest to ms stephanie sarah (laughs) Thanks, Thanks for yeah. having me, guys. Thanks for sharing with us uh, one of your darker moments in life.
3: Oh yeah, no problem. That's
0: great. <laughs> well we'll uh, we'll see everybody next week. Take care, we're out. I'm a soldier in the war of poverty. So, once again, whatever you do, do not go see New Moon in theaters, but if you do, give us a call, or send us an email, or post on our Facebook page, and let us know what you think of our show and of the new movie. We'd love to hear from you. So, 509-588-1280, podcasts at readweep.com, facebook.com slash readitandweep. Oh, and I almost forgot, uh, really special thanks this week to Agatha. She wrote us a really lovely letter, and it included a joke that I stole and used to introduce Ezra at the beginning of this episode. So thanks for the joke, Agatha, and all of the email. Okay, bye.